Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. You're listening to Footy Prime the Broadcast, a broad perspective of all things footy. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. So you were saying, someone was saying that I look young. Yes, well... <laughs> I was heard, I was told that you're Benjamin buttoning life. And then uh, I was sort of smiling coyly on the side, like hoping I'd get similar compliment, but I didn't. <laughs> because you're younger than me and you yeah. look fabulous. So there's no reason. Well, that's very kind of you and also untrue, but it's no, fine. It's that's fine. Not. It's hard having friends like you. Amy. Oh my that's God. Hard. I would say the reverse. You okay. got an overachiever. Just <laughs> pump our egos to start this podcast. Exactly. Feeling great. <laughs> this has been fun. This is what we do. There's there's somebody in the green room. Ah, Claire. Hi, Claire. How are you? I still don't know what time zone I'm in, but otherwise I'm good. <laughs> oh man, you weren't joking about the cold, hey? No, I do. I sound. I have a really good singing voice right now. I think I always have a good singing voice. I know that's not true, but um, now it's like really jazzy. Oh man! When did you get home, Claire? Uh, Wednesday, I think. Yeah, Wednesday. Hmm. Yeah, when, it wasn't Wednesday too bad. our time. <laughs> yeah, like, like we left Wednesday Sunday in Australia. Australian time. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's like seventeen hours. I, I kind of joked with one of my friends. I was like, oh, yeah, it's like a 15-hour time change. They're like, actually, it's 17. I was like, yeah, I know. I was there. <laughs> it's not the best when people try to explain stuff to you. And you're like, but yeah. I, that was, was my experience. <laughs> yes, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome I home. Really... Great job. You did Thanks. so well. I'm just going to let people know who we all are. I'm Amy Walsh. Oh, right. Sarah's dad and Rian Wilkinson. And this is Footy Prime, the broadcast. And Claire has just come back from uh, covering the World Cup in Australia. And you have to, I mean, dive into all of it, but please talk about the tiny, tiny desk. Oh, the doll furniture, someone, I, <laughs> I showed a picture of it to one of my friends and they were like, they're like, it looks like you're in a cold beer and wine store selling Mike's hard lemonade. And I was yes. like, that's exactly like, what it looks like. The sample table. You know what we're talking about, right, Ree? <laughs> no, 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 not a clue. So oh, like the tiny, our tiny on desk? field, like was their kind of like panel, right? They were right, actually yeah, yeah. on the field. Yeah. And then, but because everything kind of, everyone got thrown for a loop um, and Carm was off color, Carm became the panel person. They were like one person too many. So this, ah. this desk that was meant for Lindsay and Claire was actually too small for three people for Lindsay, Claire, and Carm. 
And uh, I just, yeah. it, it just made me laugh every single time I saw it. You guys worked it. You guys look great. I mean, oh, your yeah. commentary was on point. Your outfits were on point, but <laughs> right. it, was, it was, it was too much kind of energy and people and personalities for that really small task. <laughs> well, it was like, it was like, Lindsay's got this like big, her like TV kind of presence, right? Which is, mm-hmm. which is great. And then I'm like, not a small person. So, <laughs> and then Carm's got shoulders. And we're we were af- just like, we're athletes. Nobody's a small person, right? I know. I know. And it was like either like one of us. I've often been described behind everybody. You have been? <laughs> oh yeah. Never. Has one time we were on an petite. elevator. Especially your one bosom. <laughs> okay. One time, one time we were, Yeah. <laughs> One time we were on an elevator in college and, and some guy walked on and this was in the States and he's like, are y'all cheerleaders? And there were two of us there. We're like five ten. We're like, no, what? Yeah. We're oh, the top of the pyramid. Throwing yeah. me. Yeah, that's right. Well, try, try being good friends <laughs> no. with Diana Matheson. People were always like, oh yeah. Cheerleaders or gymnasts. And I'm like, I'm here too. Or gym- <laughs> 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 they thought I was oh, the catcher. <laughs> And not in baseball. Because like a figure skating pair and Oh yeah. Great. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I would happen to meet you. I know. The Scott Moyer of it. Okay, oh, Australia. Well. Australia. Take us back to Australia. So we weren't there. We just got all the great content that you guys were were sending back, which was terrific. But like how how was it? So you guys were in Melbourne and then you were in Perth yeah. and back in Melbourne. So give us yeah. a give us a um, summary. Melbourne's a great city. I don't know if you want like tourism details, but <laughs> Melbourne was a great city with fantastic coffee. Um, and, uh, and the stadium there was, was beautiful. I don't know mm-hmm. like how much that kind of came across and on camera, but it's this, and I don't know why they call it the rectangular. Mm-hmm. I think it's because it has like a commercial name and they can't use the commercial name yeah. in FIFA. Okay. I also think the cricket is the oval. So it's kind of, it's sports. Which is funny because the cricket one is round. It's not an oval. (laughs) It's like, it's like a Quidditch stadium, the cricket one. Because we went there to watch the All Blacks, All Blacks play the Wallabies. Oh my dear. Okay. Can I just, hang on a second. So like the previous broadcast, I'm not sure if you've caught up, but it was very Star Trek heavy because of Dee's Bachelorette. And we were talking about like a Venn diagram of women's sport and soccer fans. And then also Star Trek. And then there would be like two listeners. And now you've added Quidditch and Harry Potter. So I feel like, okay. but like who are we even talking it. to anymore? So I'm a Star Matheson. Wars person. Right. Star Wars is different. And okay. that's me. Yeah. And I can talk about Star Wars me all day too. if you want me to. Um, I've got two decks of Star Wars cards sitting on my counter right now. Um, when, uh, when I don't feel like the nerd in the room, I'm thrilled. Nerd, <laughs> all of us. Anyway. Yeah, I can talk about my magic cards too, man. I got a, I no, got my dude, box. Come on. Okay, I won't. All right. So, um, so beautiful stadium. Like it was this really cool. Like uh, it's gonna, it's, I don't know a way of rectangle? describing this. With uh, no, it wasn't like the square, like the field. Yes, was rectangular. That's so why I was like, could we not have come up with like something else? Um, but it was like they'd taken a whole bunch of soccer balls and made them kind of geometric and made this kind of. Mm, I've seen the aerial shot. Outside. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, anyway, so, uh, some fun logistical stuff about it is like, we were pitch side for our broadcast and they're like, okay, we'll take you to your seats. We're like, great. Where you can watch the game. And it was like up in the nosebleeds. It took us like a good five minutes to get up there. We had to leave our seats at like the 35th minute to get down. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, things are happening on the field. And I'm like running up the ramp to try to catch them. Um, just to end the side, Claire, sorry to interrupt you, but the yeah. eye in the sky for teams is yeah. even higher. So that's something people don't know is that when you've got your assistant yeah. coach in the nosebleeds, and so they have to leave usually at the 35th minute to get down to the yeah. locker room to be there ready with the clips for the coach. And more than once, I've missed a goal, and I haven't yeah. known the score going into the locker room. So we've had to change the protocol, whatever team we're oh on, to God. make sure that the score – because you miss so much because you're so high at these stadiums. Yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. before we, were... we go any further, what's the who, the music in the background? I'm going to get absolutely uh, ripped apart for this. What's happening? It is a Pokemon cartoon. Milo, can you show it down, buddy? <laughs> Sorry, Milo. Milo, we got to keep things tight you, over here. You got to turn it down. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Uh, I don't have enough screens in my house to send him into another room. 
Um, is that better? I'm going to turn it down. Yeah, it's better. I feel bad now. I thought it was like some, so I could... some weird alarm or something going off. I'm happy it wasn't that... me. Yeah. I'm real good. Sorry, Milo. But uh, that's happened really... to me, like being the sideline reporter for CF Montreal sometimes, going for interviews or like having to go back up to the booth. And again, it's a small stadium. It's nothing compared to like these, you know, 50,000 seaters or, or more where yeah. it's like a hike to get to where you're going, right? Where that just yeah. must be even worse. So is it there like a panic though, if you're tasked with doing that and then you know when you leave, like you're going to be missing a significant chunk of the action? Like Sorry, for you, Re, like if you're that eye in the sky person that like you're, you yeah. risk not doing your job properly because you've, you've missed important parts of the game? Yeah, you have to prioritize getting the right clips for the coach at halftime. So you want the right coaches for the clip for, you know, sort of getting the clips right and then actually seeing it. So you've just got to now you leave two up there. So you have one that's on the radio and you have one that's getting the clips. It, it, people wonder why staff's getting bigger. Stadiums are getting bigger. And I think I've ran into so many people with my computer, like sprinting through the stadium mm. Uh, it's usually eight minutes before half and people are like, whoa, calm down. You're just like sweating and yeah, through. but you just have to get there, right? Because you not only have to get there, you have to get the top clips. And so you're trying to do that live while it's going, but you're also trying to listen to the coach and understand what they want mm-hmm. um, for clips. So you've got the ones you think and you do have some feedback obviously going on during the game, but it's, it's pretty stressful because you've got to get the you only have 15 minutes. So if you think about right. the walk there, the walk back as well, because you're fine if you're late, then the players have to rest for a second. Plus they're going to want to have a debrief. So you've really got three minutes to four minutes to nail the clips. Um, so it's, it is. Yeah. H- after really half stressful. time, you can like get much more into it, but the first mm-hmm. half is just, just, just sweating. <laughs> yeah. That's so that was us in like makeup like full TV makeup. Like I'm, I'm still in Claire. I don't know if you can tell. I know. Cute. Yeah. Natural. Oh, natural. My favorite. <laughs> I know. I know. My favorite is how, um, I was talking about this with Lindsay Hamilton. We're just doing a little girl makeup talk right now. Um, cause we were talking about how like on camera, more makeup actually looks like less because it like, it's the like opposite the of the old adage. Less is more. Exactly. But the lights, like the lights blur it out and make you look kind of like, nor- like makes it look like less, but it, it is not the case when you then go out into the daylight. Oh my gosh. And, yes. and like the t- I, w- I was coming back in 2019 from the studio downtown. I stopped at a Loblaws and ran into a friend from med school. And I was like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? He was with his girlfriend. He's like, and she, she'd never met me before. And she was like, Oh, is this the girl we were just watching on TV at the gym? And he was like, yeah. Ha ha. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Anyways. Bye. And I got home and I was like, Oh, that's right. I still am in like full and it looks like a lot in real life. It's quite jarring. It's very jarring when you see yourself in the mirror, you're like, Jesus, like, no, like I know. a joker. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, the, the stadium was it, was, it was beautiful, and, and it was just the kind of figuring out. So the, for the, the second half of the first game and for the third game, we actually watched the game from the, like the media center, which is just this room with TVs. So we didn't actually watch the game live because it was, it was too disruptive to get all the way up there and then all the okay. way back. Um, yeah, it's... Um, and then that final it, it, game, it was downpour, right? The, the second game, the one and in Perth was a downpour. Perth, that right. was fun. Um, uh-huh. That one was a lot easier because it was a smaller stadium. So we were able to get up to like good viewing seats, actually see the game properly and get down with a lot of, a lot of time. Um, and, and then we had to hold umbrellas the whole time. And it was just, it was hilarious. It's, it's like, I mean, l- like live TV on site is, is kind of chaos. Right. And um, so they were like, here are the approved FIFA umbrellas. <laughs> they're just like black umbrellas and then and then there's there's only two of them and i'm like okay so there's three of us and they're like yeah carmen Lindsay hold them and i'm like yeah that just makes a funnel onto my head i'm the one in the middle like with these two umbrellas beside me so i took one of the camera guys once he's like you can't use that on tv i was like watch me and, uh, <laughs> they're policing the use of umbrellas i know they didn't and then so they again they didn't do anything and then her producer at one point was because the rain would come in like squalls like it was just <laughs> and then it would go away 
And at halftime, I think at one point, she was like, okay, so can we try it without the umbrellas? I was like, no, no, no we can't. Happening. No. I, I wonder if the FIFA approved umbrellas are like the ones, you know, you've seen that video of Boris Johnson and he's, and he's trying to like, like fly under the radar and he's trying to put his umbrella up like at a funeral or something. He manages yeah. to make it go like opposite. Like that would yeah. be the FIFA approved umbrellas, yeah. especially for, for women's football and, and people who are trying to support the women's game. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was, uh, it was great. I, I realized um, when I do things like this on site, like how, you know, how infrequently I get to see this team live um, and then how infrequently I think the public gets to see this team live, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause I've called games in Toronto, Hamilton, um, on site, but that doesn't happen that often. And anyway, it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a really cool experience. It was great to see, great to see Nigeria and like fun to see Katie McCabe get her first and see Ireland get their first kind of go at it. And, um, they were a hoot. Um, and yeah, they were, they really were. I mean, it's, it's cool. Cause like, I mean, I've, this is my fourth world cup, right? So I've, I've watched this, I've watched the women's game just cause I've like, I've watched, I haven't watched every game of this world cup cause our schedule down there was kind of chaotic, but, um, watched every game of the three previous world cups. And it's like, it, the, it, I'm not joking when I say that the growth has been exponential. I mean, mm-hmm. Spain was, was like, no, okay. Um, and then they were like four years ago, kind of like, okay, well you almost beat the Americans and now it's like, okay, so you might win the whole tournament. Like it's, it's incredible how it's gone like that. And then this is Ireland's first world cup and they're like pushing top 10 teams. Yep. Um, we could have an entire conversation about how insane the ranking system is, but. Oh no, I know um, it's bananas, but I just wanted to sort of get you to, to narrow in maybe a little bit. So you mentioned something about not getting to see this team live very often. So yeah, and then maybe, I watched the games from the media center. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. But like, cause Rian, Rian and I have, have gone um, probably a, a couple of pods and we've, we've gone delved deeply into what we thought were the, were the issues and the takeaways from that game against Australia. So maybe two things. So what you thought went wrong and like where they go yeah. from here, but then also did you learn anything about this team being on site with them, getting to see them play live? from an analysis perspective, it's easier to do on site because you really do, you're not limited to the shots that you get. Right. Cause I've done a lot of analysis off site, and you're just, you're dependent on a camera guy knowing yeah. soccer. So you can actually see more of the off the ball stuff. Um, did I learn anything different about this team? Maybe not necessarily cause I have seen them play live a little bit. Um, I think what went wrong. So, I mean, that's a, a complicated topic. Um, or you're just your impressions from the game. Like what were your biggest takeaways from that game? I think the frustrations that I felt, I felt a lot with this team, right? Like these weren't new, necessarily new, um, uh, new frustrations. And I think these performances where it's kind of like, Oh, uh, they, you know, they didn't score any goals or they had trouble scoring or they had trouble finishing chances. Like that's not a new thing for this team, unfortunately. Um, there and it just it i think that the thing that was that got them a gold medal in tokyo was this like rock solid back five back six if you include you know desiree scott um in that i would probably i would argue you probably should because that's that's that was kind of the glue that kind of held that team together and and that just that even had kind of um that, that didn't really kind of materialize in this tournament um, and I'm not really sure what the change there is. I don't know if that's a like a change of goalkeeping and now you don't have kind of that behind you, right? I mean, we all know how important it is to have um, uh, whatever kind of brand of leadership that comes from a goalkeeper in order to keep a back four, back five, back six organized. And um, I'm not sure if the change from Seth Labby to Kaylin Sheridan has anything to do with it, but um, even their back four didn't look um, as organized or as solid as they used to be. Um, almost like they didn't, it's like you couldn't trust a line that was set. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And But they, um, they looked to me like a line that hadn't really had a lot of reps together. And that was true because of the injuries that had plagued this team. Yeah. 
Yeah, true. I mean, it's but it's not like they didn't know each other, right? It's not like they were all new. Yep. That's a good point. Um, like that back four is kind of their back four, and sure, people have been in and out, but like you're still playing with the players that you know, and you should be able to kind of trust lines that are set. Um, and it felt like, yeah, no, oh, thank you, buddy. Um, it felt like uh, it, it just it felt very. Um, it felt it didn't feel like completely disorganized and disjointed, but it was like enough at this level that you're not going to be able to win games like that. And mm-hmm. Australia is going to be able to kind of run down your throat and um, they couldn't cope with, with the really kind of direct attacks that were coming from the Aussies. Um, so, yeah, I think from kind of when you're able to see the whole field, you really, you're, you're able to, you're able to kind of um, see the work off the ball that isn't happening. And, um I think in the the front three never at all played like a unit um, and never really seemed to kind of be running off of each other. And it was, it was at times very stagnant mm-hmm. and then the midfield just couldn't get the ball, just couldn't get the ball. And part of that was not moving into the right spaces. And part of that was um, uh, good fitting from the other teams. Like I'm not going to discount that. That was great. Aussies just kind of shut that down. Um, Just because it's so easy to get obviously super negative. There's not much, but I was reading a a nice, great article on Naomi Gurma um, today. And it was really nice because it said like, there's, this is an amazing highlight coming out of a rough tournament. Um, Is there anything that you feel Canada can bring forward from this? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, that's the thing is that the, the, Team performance was really challenging. Was there anybody who played who like played super well? It's really hard to pick that out because it's hard to be kind of one person. Um, I thought that if, if when you kind of zoom out and you're able to to see that that the quiet work off the ball that I kind of talk about, like I thought Quinn did a good job. Um, and I think that the team just wasn't able to find them. And if, if you could see a lot in that game against the Aussies, where the Aussies are playing this like four two four. Kind of block and Canada just could not break those lines. But Quinn's there, like they're there between the 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 midfield and the forward line of the Australians, and and just Canada just can't can't find them. So they have to drop all the way into the forward line, and then it just kind of completely negates this like ability. Yeah, you just couldn't break the line, mm-hmm. and it, so it ended up being like, oh yeah, sure they had seventy percent of the possession. It's because it was like, yeah, we come into Quinn, just go right back to the back four. Um, but defensively, Quinn did some great work off the ball. I mean, really resulted in that goal against Ireland um, that Leon scored. And um, I mean, I think I think it was just it was hard to find space. I mean, Fleming similarly did a lot of really good hard work off the ball. They certainly missed her in the first game. Um, it was gutting she couldn't play in the first game. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, unfortunately, it was like nobody really kind of like had this great performance, right? Yeah. Um, Amy, would you say the same? Would you have anything else or anyone or anything from the uh, tournament? Who stood out the way that Gurma did? Well, that's yeah. a nobody personnel, did. but it could be. Is there a no, positive? No, no, I know, but yeah. a, a positive that you can take. Yeesh, I don't know. Kind of bleak. I mean, I always want to look to the positive, but um, I don't think we really saw like thinking about our midfield, I don't disagree with you, Claire, about Quinn, but were they a bright spot for me? I don't know. No, if, nobody stood if, out. No. No, um, it's hard. To, it, it's really, impo- I think it's really difficult to find somebody that stood out. And I think um, that's what like really frustrated me leading into this tournament, like with this whole, oh, we're not getting any respect internationally. I was like, show it on the field. Like stop talking about it and show it on the field. And... Um, and they just and they just couldn't manage to do that, and that was, uh, yeah, it was hard. I mean, I I try to also look at it from a more global perspective because I think it's awesome how many teams like the the that the number of people who thought that expanding to thirty two teams was going to be a nightmare and everyone's just going to get beaten fifteen nothing and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is a great tournament, and like, look who wouldn't have been in it if it was if it was still at twenty fourteen. So Portugal, Ireland, Haiti, mm-hmm. um, South uh, Africa, Jamaica. I don't think would Jamaica have been in it. I got to do my math, but like South no, Africa, like so. all. 
Nigeria wouldn't have been in it. All these teams that that would not have been in the tournament if it hadn't expanded, and it would have been a damn shame. Um, mm-hmm. And all the players like Pernille Harder and and Katie McCabe and all these players who you never would have seen play at a World Cup level if it hadn't expanded and their teams were absolutely not out of place. Mm-hmm. So um, I was I was somebody who didn't think that it was going to be all lopsided scores, but I still thought that I, we were going to see more of them. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. just hasn't been the case. Yeah. And that's, it's, uh, great. it's been such a fabulous tournament. I was yeah, actually watching it, uh, South Africa, Holland, mm-hmm. and I was watching South Africa. First of all, their coach, Ellis, just so much time for that woman. Just so well-spoken, a inter- former international. She's just been grafting, and I was watching South Africa play. They are so clear on their identity, mm-hmm. the way they play through the lines, the the way they're turning forward and where the, the spaces are. It It made me really proud for the game, but also like a little bit frustrated because that, that was something I agree with both of you. I found it the most upsetting thing about Canada's early exit is there were no bright spots other than they kept their culture and their connection strong. And I, I'm proud that they didn't turn on each other, but I, I loved seeing the identity of South Africa. Some of these teams that have come in who would not have been there had the tournament still not been to 32. Um, that for me is a huge step up in the women's game that these national teams play in a very distinct way. Um, and all the players are bought in and, and executing it. I, I love that game. Yeah. There's a fearlessness about it. Yeah. Isn't there? There's no, that, like, respect. why should I fear you? Like yeah. I'm going to do what I do well, no matter, you know, I'm on the world cup or I'm on the training pitch at home. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem to, to uh, affect them, you know, no. in the way that yeah. it seemed to, for, for us, like overwhelmed or, um, made us hesitant, you know, and that the I belief mean, wasn't quite there. And like, you're seeing Hatlana and like Magaya, like they, they're so, so fun to watch. And it goes back to your point, Claire, about the expansion and getting to see these individuals excel on the world stage and other people getting to know them. Well, and the opportunities these individuals are getting to, right? Like it's, it's the, I think the, this happens with every, we, we, we saw it perpetually with the men on the men's side. Um, prior to the women's side, uh, the game becoming so much more professional and like clubs just advancing so much more. We saw it on the men's side. Hold on one second. Yes. Yeah. It's right there. You can do it yourself. Uh, maybe not on the carpet though. Um, we'll give Milo a, like a, like a guest star. We like featuring Milo. Yeah. He just needs, he just needs some more Cheerios. Um, but on the men's side, like what would always happen is these teams would come in and then it was like, people would have these incredible performances and get signed. And, and now that the, 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 like the women's professional leagues have just like taken off, I think that's going to happen so much more. And a lot of these teams that wouldn't have qualified before, a lot of these players just wouldn't have had the opportunity to get seen by, um, professional clubs. So I think that's, that's kind of cool. And I really do hope that it continues like this because it was, it's been so not just this tournament, but I hope that like the women's world cup continues to snowball, um, because it's been so fun to watch. And, uh, um, I think there's just like the thing that became the thing you could feel coming in 2015 for Canada, particularly was that the world was catching up and you could feel it again in 2019, even more so. And then like the number of teams that I think have technically surpassed the Canadians is it, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, I actually don't and, like that, that the world is catching up. The world caught up four years oh, ago. They're ahead of us no, now. <laughs> the world, that's what I mean, is that, as I'm saying that, like, that was, 2019 was the point where they caught up, and it's like, we've been technically completely surpassed, and I think that for a longer period of time than I think some people are willing to admit, I mean, the, both the Canadians and the Americans have relied on being, like, extremely athletic teams. Mm-hmm. and Better fitness, and, better conditioned. Yep. And, 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 and as we have now seen with both teams exiting the tournament, like um, from a technical perspective, something has to change. And I think that's I'd argue that though. I don't think us is the same argument. I I think that they have had a subpar tournament in their, because of who they are, but the Olympics um, was garbage too, though. Ryan, hold on a second. I gotta get a Kleenex. Oops. 
Ooh, ow. <laughs> He's like a cartoon. Send somebody to check on Claire. <laughs> it tripped on my cord. But I would argue, I, I would argue it's not just so like their their Olympics was terrible. Their Olympics like was not to their standard f- for sure. But I think this tournament so was better than the Olympics. I think that their defensive unit was very strong. I listener faced two shots. The back line was, you know, he took a lot of heat for putting Julie Ertz back there. Mm-hmm. That was I mean, the, that was the best partnership they had going was Ertz and Germa. Right, but, but I was, you'd say you, you want her in the midfield, but it worked defensively. Mm-hmm. It worked. They've got some of the best strikers in the world, and they just hoped that their individual talents would work. They had high xG. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I've I've coached Sophia Smith. She should be a nine. She shouldn't be on the wing. There's things oh my God. I would have done differently. Thank you. But thank you. But I think that every team has an ebb and a flow and you're bringing the Olympics into this. I would say like, this is a a different team. Um, I think that they had a rough tournament because their standards are so high, but I I wouldn't say that they're so off pace. There's so much drama right now, like rip it all and build it again. I think Canada's in that situation. That's what I'm trying to say. I think they're in slightly different boats here. They Um, they are slightly different. I agree. But I would say that the, the things that I saw in this tournament from the Americans that were similar to the Olympics that were problematic um, are more my concern. And, and it's actually a little bit less to do with the back line than anywhere else. Um, and that they were significantly more individualistic in the, in the Olympics and in the world cup than they have ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it resulted in the, it, again, like they also had very little kind of cohesion. You're right. Sophia Smith completely playing out a position that was ridiculous. But, um, but it, it, what I saw in the Olympics was what I saw here was this kind of individualistic approach to um, attacking and, <coughs> and just, <sighs> I'm getting an aggressive point to the cereal bowl. Um, but this, this very individualistic approach to attacking that resulted in, 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 in no um, no real team in the attacking half of the field between the you don't think in the last game you field. saw a team no so so but I'm not I'm saying as like an overall overarching thing right like sure they're gonna have some games where they play a lot, a lot better but I think it's um, I think like the Olympics and then the group stage for the for the Americans I, I thought felt fairly similar from the from yeah the I mean it didn't for but, me but I think it'll be really interesting. Yeah, it's it's a great shakeup for them. I completely agree with you. And that this is this is for me the biggest wake up call. The women's yeah. game has attention now in a way that it has never had before. Yeah. The three of us played at a time where we were so fortunate because we were the first group that didn't have to have another job. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, we were the first... Yeah that we're, we're, we made enough money that we didn't have to, we should, but we didn't have to have a second job and just play soccer. Yeah. And it made us grateful. Now, Abby Wambach, I think, speaks so well to that. Like, you don't need to just be grateful for doing this job, right? So I do think the game's yeah. moved on. But now there is so much money, attention, sponsorship that it's a reality of the women's game that the, these players are not ready for. And it gets very distracting. We talk about yeah. the agreements being distracting, like, all the ads these players are in, what they're marketing, what they're sponsoring. Yeah. There's money on the line now. So you talk about individuals. If you score in that World Cup, you could be yeah. setting yourself up. You know, it's it's an interesting thing to look at because I do think the U.S. are, are 
almost victims of all their great work. They've put themselves yeah. on this pedestal and they're, they're being treated the way they deserve to be treated. But it is also all that money, all that fame. It's not a unifying thing. Yeah. And this, and the scrutiny, right. Is the flip Absolutely. side of that. For sure. that, that you scrutiny. have to be subjected to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the standard. Yeah. And it's the same in, in commentary, right. Whether you're a yeah. former player or not, you, you, you have to be critical. You don't have to be personal and you don't have to tear people down, but you have to call it as you see it. Otherwise you're doing the game a disservice, right. I think, but you're right yeah. in, in, in the amount of opportunities that are in it now, not just for the growth of the game, but for the individuals yes. and the, these, these, these players who will become the faces of their nations and the faces of their clubs and people will then follow them or, or like, like a player or like a, like Cooney cross for Australia, who yeah. now has had a, a solid tournament and, and rightfully has got suitors now. Yeah. Playing in the A-League and now, you know, interest in, in Europe at, at, at bigger clubs. Um, so, you know, that's on the line as well. And that is yeah. what everyone's playing for. So that that's the thing that these tournaments have always been. They're being platforms for players to be seen and to become exactly. part of, of transfer market. But the I do have to highlight again, I think this is where Canada needs to learn from this tournament. There's, there's technical, tactical, there's all this grassroots things. What I look at the, U- the U.S., if they don't check their young stars now, they're not going to fix the problem. And Claire highlighted it. It's a team of m- not all individuals. You could see that with Kelly yeah. O'Hara, like bringing up like these moments mm-hmm. where you're like, no, no, this is a team sport. But I think Canada's yeah. right on the cusp, too, of having this problem because we do have stars that didn't show up, but they're going to be highly marketable, as we've seen, and there's going to be more money involved. And we've always said that our X factor is culture and connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that that could break if we don't make sure that we're keeping uh, their feet right on the ground. Yep, for sure. (laughs) Claire, maybe we could use the mute. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're not interested okay. in no, I mean, I'd like to hear the you... individual Cheerios going into the bowl that would be great <laughs> listen I've got three I know how it is mothers you guys Empathy are great over here oh yeah this is the uh I've... the best part of this is like working moms I love yeah it. no but just to go back to to the U.S. before we will we'll wrap up with kind of general feelings of the round of 16 so far because it already will conclude tomorrow um but the U.S. Like I think that Andonovsky was uh, significantly under the microscope and criticized, and I think rightly so. The players were also criticized. I think because of this sort of and you've used this expression before, like this sledgehammer approach, like left-sided bias, like with with Dunn and Haran and Smith, and just trying to cram it down that side, and a lack of creativity and incision in that final third. Um, so definitely a lack of like if you compare the U.S as a collective to like a Japan, which is, which is unfair, but I yeah. mean, that's like on opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Yeah. So unfair uh, to compare anybody to Japan. Yes, they're just it's, systematically it's dismantling this tournament. But there but just I, wasn't just that like... under, understanding there yeah. or even a semblance of that understanding. So I don't think that it's, um, you know, all doom and gloom. I think it is a, a call to action as it were, and, and looking at our, our development model, especially in North America. And how heavily reliant we are in the NCAA system, right? Right. I think just something that you've highlighted, Amy, that's really important is after these tournaments on the men's and the women's side, you get a team like Japan that just blow everyone's mind. And everyone's like, well, how is Japan doing? We've got to do it. We've got to become Japan. Yeah. Who was Japan? Who who said that Japan was their kind of like sleeper team that nobody was talking about in our first broadcast? The Japanese people. It was Milo. This girl. It was me. (laughs) No, um, I don't remember that. Milo is I think that's that's the thing. The the U.S. are never going to be Japan. They're never going to be Spain. They're not going to do that. The sledgehammer approach is not going to work to an extent, but they're always that is going to be their skill set partially. So they can't lose that either. They can't suddenly be like, well, well, all we're going to do now is technical work. It's the same thing for no. Canada. We can learn from other countries, but the way the Japanese train, North Americans won't do. So let's move on. Yeah. They will work yeah. on one kind of passing for two hours. Mm-hmm. And that's incredible. I, I mean, you can see the benefits of it. North Americans will not do that. So let's not pretend we're going to. Sorry, Claire. No, I, I think I think you're right. I think that I think in the past there's been this there's been a couple of approaches to kind of like how 
um, managers are selected and it's kind of like this, this manager will bring us credibility. I'm like, okay, but like, is this manager the right manager for this team? And, and then it's kind of like this manager will teach us how to do it like this country. It's like, okay, but it's, it's, it, that's, you're right. Like you can't just say, okay, let's hire, you know, the former manager for the Japanese team and they will make us play like Japan. That's not how it works. And, and you, like, there's so much, there's, there's so much context that you have to kind of uh, adopt when you think about um, uh, improving the program. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, geography, but personnel, to that point, all Claire, of that stuff about coaches, do you think, yeah. and back to Andonofsky, cause I don't want to let him yeah. off the hook because I think that yeah. was not the game. Rian, I know you're going to get on me for that. I'm not blaming the coach, but I think he was part of the problem. Um, yeah. Selection it, was. Yeah. I'm, I, Lack of substitution. I was going to make a fart noise. But. I mean, he looked like a genius um, in that game against Sweden by inserting Sonnet into the midfield, and she had a brilliant game. Yeah. And like, all of a sudden, they were able to move up the pitch through the spine, which they had not done basically in, in the group stage. Yeah. Um, but if you look down that roster of 23 players, the only player who plays outside the NWSL is Lindsay Horan. Yeah. So do you think, both of you guys, that that is an issue, that when you look at other teams, the leagues that they're playing in, the players that they're facing, the other international players that they're facing, the different tactical formations, the different types of players, um, that the U.S. is putting themselves at a disadvantage, not because they have a domestic league, but because it's a uniform kind of approach so that you're not taking different experiences and, and lessons learned and, and a well-rounded approach to the game. And it's almost like being distilled down to like this vanilla. And then that's what you're then translating to your national team. And that's maybe what caused them to lack that creativity because, and to be a little bit more tactically rigid and not be fluid or have options to adapt because that's coaching. But I also think it's, are your players equipped to do that? I mean, you could argue the same for what, like Spain, Right. I mean, sure. Everybody playing in the same league is, does that, I, I don't think it's necessarily that I think it's our players in the right environment to um, get the best out of them and have them excel. Right. So, um, you know, is, is the end up, it, I think it's more, I think in that instance, it's more kind of an individual approach um, and like where, where where a player is going to be um like where where a player is going to be able to get kind of the most minutes in the most professional environment um and develop as as quickly and efficiently as possible and i don't i don't think that's necessarily like they shouldn't all be in the nwsl it's just it, it may just be different on an individual basis i don't know how you feel about that Ryan, but um, well i agree with you i don't think no i don't think the league is um the problem i think and the coach is always part of an issue on a national mm-hmm. team. So I do think every coach has to be scrutinized as well. I just don't like it when it's just the easiest thing to throw out there and everyone just like it's. I it's think there's justifiable criticisms of him though, right? Like of I think course, what we were talking about think, with Sophia Smith. I don't completely agree with some of your comments on the thing. The thing is the players love him. So that is irrelevant if you don't get results, but yeah. he has buy-in and People have criticized some of his decisions on the field. I think his lack of subs is a big problem. I'm not trying to. I th- mm-hmm. I that I, was in the Netherlands, right? He used a lone sub. Right, well, he the throughout was Lavelle in yeah. the first. Yeah. I mean, he mm-hmm. really didn't use his bench, and he has a hugely deep roster. Mm-hmm. Then you look at who he played. I think center backs. He tried really hard with a number of combinations working into the World Cup. They weren't working. Lana Cook or Gurma, he knew he wanted to play Gurma, and then Becky gets injured right before the tournament. And so Ertz goes in. So you'd say, like, why would you stick a center, a, a six back there? It worked. That worked. And she right? played well, she there. She started as a, a center back, right? Yeah, she's been yeah. playing. She, she has. It's been, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then he makes the change and puts Emily Sonnet in there, who who does fantastically well. And then you think you've really got Crystal Dunn and Emily Fox had a fantastic round of 16 game. Crystal didn't play as well in the in the game before that but you're looking at a roster now where he's decided to play you know Alex Morgan Trinity Rodman and Sophia Smith now there's not many coaches that would have made a huge amount of change to that roster so what I would look at and what I think is important is the league now and the coaches 
in the leagues. Now there's the U.S. league. There's all the leagues around the world. How do you bring out the best in these players so that because yeah. it's not for the national team coach to drive creativity. I mean, he, he, of exactly. course he wants them to do it, but they're not going to suddenly do it in national team camp. They should need to be doing it day in and day out with their club teams. Mm-hmm. So there's a responsibility for all coaches in the women's game um, now to just make sure that our players are ready to go into national team camp. But that it sounds, I've, I heard that argument. I thought it was really interesting. I think the NWSL is one of the stronger leagues in the world. I think we've got fantastic coaches there and that players are really, you can see their personalities and now how do they bring it to the national team? Because it, that's where I feel for Vladko is like, what is he meant to be doing to get them to be creative? You know, like yeah. man, they've got to bring yeah. that. But do you and think well, like that's that's it for them? Like they, yeah. the U.S. Like I didn't realize this. I, I knew obviously like the, the success, and they were looking for the three peat. Um, they're still very much the, the standard in the in the women's game. But like they've never finished less than or like uh, had a worse result than third. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Milo good timing, that, Milo. Yes, excellent timing, Milo. At a women's World Cup, but I was just like, oh my god. Yeah. This is yeah, a natural I, thing too. There's an ebb and a flow. That's what yeah. I mean about. So he came in less than a year before the Olympics. So there's that's the only thing. If they get rid of Vladko now, which all the fans, it's the easiest thing to say. Oh, it's Vladko. Sorry, I was kicking a cat. Um, it's, it's to say like it's like get rid of their image. Look at him. There's eleven. There's again. There's an Olympics next year. So if you replace him now, you got the same problem. You got a new coach coming in who, yes, you maybe get the bounce then. You got a new coach sighting or new people getting opportunity. But if you want consistency, you don't keep changing things. Yeah. So the players, if they have still have buy-in, it's it's uh, there's an argument to be made for for making sure that he has that last tournament. Yeah, I'm curious yeah, to see and- what they do though, because the standards in the in the US, like they're they're not they're gonna be under pressure to to be reactive, to, to show that they're sort of doing something to change the course of, of this result, you know, so that they can maybe do better at the Olympics. Right. I think there's going to be some pressure and whether, whether that leads to the right decision being made is, is a different discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to have to drop out because I have a bridesmaids oh. call with Diana Matheson's crew. <laughs> well, before, That's before literally you, we're going to wrap, I never we're gonna, we're wrap up anyway, but okay. just part parting words on, England and the result they get through, but they get through by the slimmest of margins. They get through on. I, a, I haven't seen the game yet. It was on in the middle of the night and yeah, well, I gave they, my kid they won my on cold and he was being irrational about it in the middle of the night. Um, uh, yeah. And you haven't uh, watched it, but you're going to go first. <laughs> I'm going to go first. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go first. You've got to go. I'm going to go first to comment about one thing. Well, yeah. Oh, sorry. Ryan. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the call's coming in. Um, go, 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 go. So I, I loved, it. I thought it would be a one, nothing game. I didn't call PKs, but I did think it'd be close. I think Nigeria is being brilliant. You saw that again. Um, England, you're now seeing they, they have the players, they have the skill sets, and now they've showed the, the determination and that connection. I think that's such an important game for this tournament. Um, it's, yeah, I think they've really shown what, what they can do because it's, it's not just the pretty play, which they do have. And then obviously there's a moment of recklessness by a very young player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go a player down. And if anything, I felt like they really, like, actually that firmed them up and they got uh, – yeah, it was almost like a little bit of a of a wake up call, right? Yeah, and huge credit to Nigeria. I think they've had a brilliant tournament, um, and um, yeah, exciting for to see how far England can go because they, I think, they'll be in the finals. I agree, but yeah. like, what to just uh, Nigeria because I, I I don't want to to not talk about them. I think their yeah. attack air, or their oh. front line, their um, their forwards get talk about talked about a lot with good reason. Yeah. But Payne, Ayende, and Uchebi, like that that midfield like just absolutely neutralized James. Like she was having to, to drop down so deep to get involved, to try to influence the game. Mm-hmm. And that midfield just did such a great job. But, but like collectively, just again, like that effort and going direct and going aggressive, like this just nonstop, like three, three, three posts. I mean, they were, they were yeah. more dangerous. And sometimes that you just don't get the rub of the green, but they were brilliant. And, and they showed so much this tournament i'm thrilled that they were a part of it and they made it they made it so much better for being there yep for sure well we'll let you go friend bye guys have a fun bridesmaids call 
That sounds so fun. And like my <laughs> sounds ideal, amazing. <laughs> sounds like my ideal long weekend Monday morning. Perfect. Bye guys. <laughs> Bye Ree. Say hi to Deep. Anyway. Yes. So you've not seen the game, but I'm you, not you wanted game, but to I, add on to something I was going to comment just on the red card um, because it's such an unfortunate thing to happen. And I think we can blame that a lot on like, oh, inexperience and a young player making a mistake and, you know, whatever. But I mean, I think we've seen a lot of very experienced you know, men's athletes, David Beckham, um, get very, very silly red cards mm -hmm. that, that are Wayne a big Rooney. detriment to the team. Wayne Rooney, David Beckham. Um, yeah, so there's some precedent there. And so I, I don't think we can completely write that off in experience. It's a really unfortunate lack of discipline, and um, I think they will miss – miss her in the quarterfinals. She's been the focal like, point of, of their attack. She's really I've, what was sort of driven it. I've never seen somebody score such incredible goals so casually. Like, I know it's like, it's like she's making toast. Like it's incredible. Yes, there's just like an ease about it, right? Like it's second nature. Like it's going up and down the stairs or brushing your teeth or doing something yeah. mundane, right? Something so connected. mundane. Yeah. And she just, I like, was talking curling shot I was 20 yards. Expansion. Yeah, I was talking to Carm about this when we were down in in uh, in Australia. And I was talking about like the players I always wish I could play like, mm -hmm. and there's like a, there's a whole bunch of them who I'm always like, man, I wish I could have done that. And and she's one of them. I wish I could have so casually beaten people and rocketed a ball in the top corner. Like I I I was that was never me, but it's one of those things that I wish I could have done. Um, and. And that's a unfortunate. Like that's a. It's a really unfortunate and completely unnecessary disciplinary, like, uh, issue to take in a round of sixteen game. Mm -hmm. um, it was totally avoidable. Yep. Um, just so unnecessary. And um, yeah, so that was the only part I can really comment on because I haven't seen the rest yeah. of the game. Although There's I've seen enough highlights to know that like. No Mary Earps, and that game is a different game. Yeah. Um, she's been, she's and, been phenomenal for them. Yeah. Well, so is Ndozi. Like, Ndozi's been fantastic for Nigeria, right? Oh, Ndozi? Like, yeah, she was unbelievable. Like, this I think actually a... it was the save on Sinclair that, like, and uh, went, uh, Randy Waldrum talked about it as, like, the, yeah. the seminal moment, the pivotal moment that, like, lit a fire under the group and sort of gave them the belief that they yeah. could not only hang but succeed. Oh yeah, she was. She's been. She's had a fantastic tournament, and it wasn't just the first save on Sinclair. She actually scoops the ball away from her on the rebound as well. Mm -hmm. And it was, yeah, no, she's had a fantastic tournament. I think that kind of there was such a, there was this old trope for such a long period of time about how oh the goalkeeping in the women's game isn't as good. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, uh huh. It's just like I mean, people can't see this because it's a podcast, but it's that like that that. Uh, that meme of Kamala Harris putting her hands under her chin. Yeah. Just like, oh, tell me more. Exactly. Um, because I know, it's, it's tired, been, right? It's tired. It's so tired. And it's, and it's so ill-informed too. And it's, it's, um, mm -hmm. I, I just, I, I just love it that the goalkeepers in this tournament are just consistently proving, proving yep. it wrong. That was her third um, clean sheet. Like uh, England needs the spot kids yeah. to, to move on. Right. Otherwise they couldn't beat her. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, Anyway, so I, I think it's it's um, it's going to be a it's going to be a really fascinating quarterfinals. Um, I think it's yeah. really good for the tournament that Australia has been able to continue to advance. I agree. I, I, there's yep. there's part of me that's like you want to have the hosts in for sure. There's part of me that's like is like are they going to actually kind of keep doing okay here, or is France going to put a potential? Right. Well, we'll see. We'll see well, if France keeps by Morocco because quite honestly, at this anything stage, can happen, right? Well, wait, so let, let yeah. me put you on the spot. Make some predictions. So, Colombia, Jamaica goes tomorrow, and France, Morocco. So, who do you I think? I made predictions on? before, and people just keep like tearing ACLs when I do that. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, England's going to win funny. the World Cup. That's not funny. I don't know why I sure. It's not funny, but I was like, England's going to win the World Cup for sure. Three days later, Leah Williamson tears her ACL. I'm like, what am I doing? And then I, yeah, yeah it's, not so, you, it, it's not you, Claire. It's it not feels you. like it's me. Um, <laughs> I'm the problem. Uh, so, uh, what are we looking at? You said France, Colombia, Jamaica. Columbia, Jamaica. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a really. I, I don't know if it's if it's quite possible to predict the Colombia Jamaica score. I, I think it'll be a very low scoring game. Mm -hmm. 
uh, by Columbia one nil. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to, even though Columbia hasn't really shown all that well since maybe the first or second group stage, I'm going to say Columbia as well. I'm going to say two nil. And then yeah. I think France easily think dispatches France Morocco. I think that even though it, it's not really the trend in this tournament, I think that they take yeah. care of business. I'm, and even I'm though we like just three nil, I, I really, I'm just so happy that, that some of like some of the teams that nobody talked about before the tournament started um, made it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I really do hope that, I mean, we talked about this. Did we talk about this? I don't know. I talk about soccer so much. No, um, I know. Think of but like, hearing myself talk. I know. the <laughs> well, the, like for a podcast. I know, isn't it? Um, I mean, like we, the, we, we've talked a little bit about how like there's a financial incentive to qualifying for the World Cup, right? So there's a financial incentive for federations once a team is qualified to kind of invest a little bit in them so they mm-hmm. do okay at the World Cup, right? And then there's additional financial incentives every kind of round that you, that you advance, right? Which is why it was so great that teams like Morocco and Jamaica um, – South Africa advanced to the round of 16 because there's additional additional financial incentives to do that. And I just, I really do hope that that translates into further investment into the women's programs in those countries. And Yeah, um, or even the Philippines, right? I know, right? Yeah. Or Vietnam. Like, yeah, I know. Like Please. it's... Who have their own domestic yeah, so, league, by the way. Yeah, well, who doesn't? Oh! <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's... I don't know. It's been such a, it's, it's been a very interesting tournament and I'm, it's been, uh, um, it was kind of, it was, it was interesting to be in that role on site where it was really very, very Canada focused and I haven't been able to watch as many games as I would like. And I'm hoping that, um, I'll be able to do more now, but, um, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to go back to something and now Rian's not here, so she can't respond, but I wanted to go back to something she said that I really agreed with, with the, the, um, the importance of uh, club coaches and, and getting the best mm-hmm. out of players on a, on a kind of more year round basis. Yep. And I really, that, that was kind of my point in, in like fi- players finding the right environment for themselves um, and how sure if the NWSL for the majority of the American players is the right environment for them. Great. And it's getting the best out of them. Great. And but, minutes, right. And they're playing and they're getting minutes. And, you know, I think, I think that Jordan Heidema going over to PSG was not the right environment for her. She was not playing as much as she should have mm-hmm. been. And then coming back to the NWSL, she started to get minutes and started to get a bit more confidence. And, and I think that was the right move for her. And I think it's, it's less about kind of being in your own kind of, uh, your own country's domestic league and, and finding the right environment where you're actually going to get minutes and develop. Um, and, and, and finding the environment where the coach is going to get the best out of you throughout the year. And it's not just at that level. I think that was kind of my point after Canada lost is that um, for f- four cycles now, I've been saying the same thing after a tournament ends that we need to approach player development in the country with more urgency and um, I know that there are a lot of people doing a lot of good work and trying to kind of get things going. But I mean, this is the fourth World Cup where things haven't really changed and this team hasn't been able to score. And it's like, this is a, there's a technical development aspect here that we need to approach with more urgency. And, I'm, and, and that's, that's increasing kind of the professionalism of, of youth soccer mm-hmm. and getting the best out of our youth. Because trying to teach technique at, to a 23-year-old um, like the, the developmental ship has sailed by that point. Right. And you can improve yeah. things to a certain extent, but like your baseline technique, you need to, that's something you need to learn as a kid. And I think that's kind of the part that I found frustrating is like things aren't changing because it feels like we're not approaching that with more urgency. Um, and how we do that, I agree. We can't just say, okay, we're going to do it. Like, you know, the Germans do it or like the Japanese do it or like, you know, we can't kind of tailor it to one thing. We have to really kind of find a, um, an approach that works for our geographical constraints. And, um, uh, no, that's, that's unique to Canadians, right? And that's unique to us. And, and, um, yeah, so that, I mean, I think that's, that was my overarching frustration about the performance is that, is that I didn't even really feel like their performances in the tournament were 
I, those were fairly typical performances from them under against good teams, right? Like they weren't these big underperformances. I would argue the times where they beat good teams in friendlies are kind of these overperformances and that their average performances end up being like this, where it's kind of frustrating. They can't break down a block. They can't score like these, these, it kind of happens over and over and over again. Um, and, and that was kind of what I found, I found challenging and, um, Anyway, that's my ramble. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying, but I think if you do take a look at players who are um, toiling at, at really big clubs, like your yeah. Julia Grosso, like your Jesse Fleming, I mean, I think I'm going to put um, Sinclair in there just because of, of, the, of the sheer talent and, and the pedigree. Um, Kadisha Buchanan, Vanessa Gilles, yeah. uh, Ashley Lawrence. Yeah. I think that in half of your 11, you should have players who can come to the environment and be able yes. to not snap their fingers and inject an attacking identity or attacking fluency or fluidity yeah. and in instantaneous, you know, partnerships and creativity. But I think hampered by injuries. Yes, for sure. But yeah. there should be more of an elevation sort of collectively by yeah those players coming back to national team camp. And I think that's what I was most disappointed with. Not to point the fingers solely at them, no. but I think you have to be relying upon, you know, the players who are going to play those big roles and in big tournaments, they have to show. Yeah, yeah I agree. And I, I, yeah, I don't want to point fingers at players, but I mean, I mean, I, I have a very high opinion of, of Ashley Lawrence and, and she just, she didn't have a good tournament. And it's, no. it's not like this isn't all her fault. That's not it. And that's that's the hard part is that people take a lot of the criticism that come from our end as like these personal attacks. It's like, no, this is it's not I'm not I'm not even saying that this performance was necessarily the fault of these players. Like that's my point about about focusing on the urgency of of, of youth development is that yeah. like the fault is on us that that this wasn't a like a huge priority 20 years ago. And no, it um, almost happened by accident, right? That you, yeah, you, you are get able a generation. To that's it. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, that's kind of like my, my hope on even like on the men's side that they, the, the generation that's come through for the Canadian men's team, that's kind of allowed this big step in their, um, uh, in their progress that that isn't taken for granted and seen as like, great, we're doing everything yeah. right. Awesome. And that was kind of my worry when like they, they won the Olympic, like the, the couple bronze medals, the women's team and then the gold medal, I was like, okay, but let's not like, I, I just was hoping that wouldn't breed complacency on the developmental side. Well, that's the danger, um, right? It's like, Oh, we're doing, we're doing enough. We don't need to change. We don't need to invest yeah. further because we're yeah, getting the results. Think- yeah, because the World Cup is a significant as as we've seen, it's a it's a better barometer of of how your program is doing, mm-hmm. and um, because you can see significantly more teams, all of the the better like the the qualification for the World Cup Bless or you, the Milo. Olympics. Prep. Yeah, sorry, I didn't realize how well my mic worked. Um, <laughs> so it's a good mic. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. I, I anyway. So I I think that. Uh, I, I, I think that I, I would like to see some some urgency on that, um, and, and and some and some it's, it's kind of weird because it's like we need some urgency and some patience because it's yeah. not something that's going to happen overnight. It's also not something that you're going to see come to fruition um, overnight either. And um, and as we've seen, like the the. Uh, the the world has just kind of surpassed yep. their level. Um, and it's like when you watch Spain and Japan play, you're just like, it's, in a, it's a completely different level. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Well, if, if anything, I think, you know, the, the way that we kind of take the lead from the Americans, I think yeah. maybe if there's a shakeup happening because of their poor performance at this World Cup, maybe we somehow benefit yeah. because we look down south to see kind of what they're up to and how can we keep yeah. up and it's always been well, i thought you were gonna say is... hire black <laughs> no oh my god no. it's, it's always it's always an apples and oranges discussion just because of, of the financial realities yeah but um, and this is a really hard time to you know freak out and fire a coach because oh I mean, yeah what, they, play, the they have to play jamaica to qualify for the olympics in six weeks or something like not, not even two months? in like a month 
Yeah. Are we today? End of September. What date? Are... I don't know. What I think it's six weeks. It's end, I think it's end of September. Um, I can't, I like. The I haven't slept. <laughs> I know, and I'm just like playing those games. Yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah. yeah. But like you will, will be. Years. Are you? Are you coming? Are you going to be in Toronto for the? For the semis and the final? Semis in the third place in the final, yeah. Just Tremendous. It will be very fun to be able to bounce Milo will not come with me to the studio. And well, I'm just, I'm going to be happy to see you. And it's a lot more fun yeah. to be two analysts on a panel versus yeah. a lone ranger. It makes for a lot more interesting discussion, I think. Yeah, we can, you know, shoot spitballs at each other too. Yep. Really fun. All um, right, sounds good. Well, okay, thanks for hopping on. I do. And you need yeah. to get rid of your cold. But this has been Footy Car on the Broadcast, and keep broadening your horizons. Follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. What happened to the breast podcast ever? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.